Welcome to Second Time Lucky. I'm Nicole. And I'm Mahi. And we will be your hosts. Throughout this podcast, we will discuss transplant, the process of organ donation, and the ins and outs of my personal heart transplant experience. Just a heads up, some of the content might be a bit triggering. While we aim to keep things quite fun, mortality and medical procedures are discussed throughout the series. Also, a course language warning because we have a tendency to swear like sailors. Sorry! We would also like to say that we are not medical professionals, so please do not seek any medical guidance from the Second Time Lucky podcast, but we do encourage a transplant dialogue. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Episode 7, The Transplant, Part 3. Continuing on with our very special guest, Nicole's mum, Maria! everything just I happened think our the way experience it was, meant to was be. a very good experience even though it was a very traumatic experience but by saying that I learned a lot through that me mm. too and you know what it had to happen also with like me and you I feel like me obviously we were like obsessed with each other before <laughs> that how can, how can you not be obsessed with me calm <laughs> your titty <laughs> I mean, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no we had like, no choice. I feel like we had no choice. <laughs> we but had no choice. No, but I'm to, saying that I loved every second with you. No, and I loved every second. No, but I mean, like, I felt like we had to be, we had to be together. Yeah. It wasn't like you know, there was no other way. I wouldn't have been able it. to do that no. with anybody else. And I feel like no. I depend. Like, I always said it. Look, out of all my girls, if someone had to be sick, I'm glad it was you, Nicole. <laughs> Joanna would have gave me hell. <laughs> You're the least one that complains. Do we keep this in the final edit? Uh, no, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, Mum, please explain. No, no, no. I mean, basically, you're my favourite. No, no, I mean, we knew no, that, guys. I'm not we saying favourite, I'm saying you're the one that never Easiest complains. to deal with. Yeah, you never complain about anything, no matter what you went through. There was, you were never a complainer, mm. which made it e- made my job easier. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I think that's what I mean. I mean, it was just easy. We just sort of bounced off one another, so it was good. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to do that again. But I <laughs> definitely do not want to do that again. Yeah, I don't think I can cope doing that again. Nah, I think that's it now. I'm over it. Yeah, me too. Very much so. <laughs> Well, so the last thing that we put on was you guys visiting Adelaide. When were you actually able to move back to Adelaide? So I think three weeks later. Which, those three weeks were such long weeks. Oh, my God. They, they sort of dragged forever. now. Because once we got home and experienced that little bit of freedom that we were home, going back to Sydney and living in that little bedroom yeah. again made it a lot worse so also, like we said we did come home and we're like let's actually make the most of our time yeah so like we were going for lunch and going to the cinema and like obviously within our means like whatever i could handle yeah um and mum also made a lot of friends in sydney so mum was like this person invited us out do you want to go for lunch and i was like it was good and i met these people at the cafeteria in saint vincent so one lady kept seeing me ordering my breakfast every morning and then she came up to me and she goes was your daughter in ICU because my husband was in ICU I think at the same time and I remember um, 
watching you just sit with your daughter all day long and I said yes and then we started talking and then we became friends and yeah. she was from Sydney this lady and she'll bring us fruit and magazines oh, and yeah. you know darling, little things like, like that that I couldn't actually go and get myself yeah so we made friends with her and then we made friends with other patients with their grandkids and that's the thing about being on that ward everyone is kind of going through the same yeah yeah. So like I love that mum didn't only have me for company because obviously it's the, I I've slept a lot and I you she know. did and so well she was sleeping I would be talking with other patients and their visitors and then you know we just became friends and they would message and I would message them and it was mm. it was it was a good feeling knowing that I had someone else in Sydney if I needed anyone yeah I mean not that I really reached out to anybody but. No, but it was it's nice for like them to reach out to us. Those people, like people, don't understand what we went through no. in Sydney unless you've been through it. So it was really nice to have families yeah. that got it and that got, you know, what it's you true were going through I feel as like well. The ones that were living in Adelaide, they just saw it. Okay, she's in hospital. She's done this. They'll be fine. They don't. Really, they never saw Nicole what she went through. They never saw what how hard it was for me to shower Nicole and you know take her to the toilet and you know you put her on the toilet okay you can come now and wipe my bottom you know it's easier to say that but she's a lot taller than me so it was a lot harder yeah um putting her to bed and you know even food wise Nicole didn't have an appetite so I had to try to work out what she would like to eat and what she wouldn't want to eat and you know not to be like angry with her when she wouldn't eat so I had to you know have a lot of patience yeah so it was like having a baby all over again but you know it was good look we we sort of bounced off one another and yeah I mean I had my bad days too when Nicole sort of knew as well and Mm. so it it was good it was it was okay yeah (laughs) it was okay (laughs) with some of the other like uh couples of patient and uh, carers that you met in the seminars like what were some of their complaints about their situations i think also just the prednis alone on top of giving you a bloody moon face it makes you angry it gives you very big mood swings oh. i was lucky that i did not experience that i feel like yes i did have days where i wasn't in a good mood but that was just because i was pissed off yeah. It wasn't. I don't think your mood yeah. swings. Yeah. Oh, you just go quiet, and you. I know. Yeah. And I know when you're upset because you just want to be left alone. Yeah. So I, I knew, just leave her alone. When she's ready to talk, she'll talk. Yeah. As the other patients, one of them was saying, "They were my carer does not stop nagging me, so they get more angry. They were very yeah. like aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So they were. So fight. the carer would say like, oh. When he's did, being so aggressive yeah, or like when does he stop fighting and arguing yeah. back yeah. so I think they were using the the transplant as a, an excuse as well so a lot of them would think well I'm sick you've got to be good to me yeah issues before the yeah. transplant were coming for yes. yeah. so oh, I think okay. that's yeah. what was happening as well especially when it was a husband and wife team I which think was a lot of them as well also the thing we didn't really meet a mother and daughter no. except for my friend Nat but she wasn't so like. But she wasn't with us. When at you that would go time. to the seminars, you'd go to the seminars with the people that had transplants around the same time as you, whereas she had them 
she had her transplant a month after me. So she wasn't in my group, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's makes so sense. she was the only other mother and mm. daughter that we really experienced. Everyone else was kind of like son and mum. Or husband and or wife. Or husband and wife. And, and they would have like been much older. The husband and wife ones, I think, were they the They are the ones that wanted that to kill the, each other. Yeah, I think the wife wanted to kill the husband a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, he's not eating. Who cares? <laughs> Don't force them to eat. So there were little issues like he's not listening, he's not eating, he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And I think they couldn't work out how to deal with those little issues as I would, if Nicole wouldn't eat, I would let her go and then come back and say, hey, you need to have something because you've got to take your medication. Yeah. And I guess like you probably like touched on it before, like you were saying it was like having a baby again. It Whereas was. Like when it's your your husband or wife you yeah. don't marry them with the intention no. of them being no. a child yeah having no. to take care and, of you them know, like especially that. when the husband was the sick one because he was probably the one that would look after the family and all of that and then all of a sudden the wife's taken this role it's like on. a power imbalance it is essentially it is but As for us we we sat through those seminars thinking well, i don't know what they're talking about yeah, I can't. If see anything, it. it made me feel more guilty because I was like, "Am I doing this to my mum?" And she's just being <laughs> nice. But also, I know you. You wouldn't just. Be I nice. would have told you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tell me that I'm being a pain in the ass. But look, I did tell you a few times that you were a pain in my ass. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh hell yeah! I'm surprised you didn't tell me more because I know that I was a pain in the ass. You know, but when you were a pain in my ass, I sort of just sat back and. I played on my phone while you were doing whatever you had to do. And actually, I must admit, Marky's uh, FaceTimes were yes. the best part of my day. <laughs> when you were I was in... newly single and yeah. I had a lot of stories. You did, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you didn't realise that I was in that room with Nicole. I just don't think she really cared. <laughs> I would just hear this faint laughter and oh my God. <laughs> I remember I'd be like, Mum something we are we can do tonight is listen to my kids yeah. because she's gonna call me at like six and i'll be like all right let's let's have hurry snacks. up have dinner yeah. and let's get hurry to up, bed. have dinner we'll go to bed so that i'd put you on loudspeaker and just um the stolen bra saga i know that came up a yep lot. Yeah. something Ooh, that about came someone's up a lot. shoes <laughs> i remember that guy's shoes or something but yep. yeah that was my highlight of my there time was... being in sydney with nicole <laughs> Yeah, that really kept us going. It I'm did. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. Where it was just, it's funny because the most stupidest things were the things that sort of made us laugh and <laughs> kept us going and talking about it. Yeah. No, it was We great. try not to like... dwell on the transplant and her being not able to do things. Like mm. I kept saying to her, you never say you can't because you will never do it. You mm. need to just try. And we tried every day to do something new. Every day yeah. was a new day. That's what we. That's how we looked at it, things. We got there. We it did. was bearable. Look, well, once we caught that plane coming home, I think that last hour while we were in Sydney. I just remember being so pissed off that day. Mm. I remember, yeah, the last day being in Sydney, mum woke up and woke me up and was like, oh, Nick, it's, the, it's today, we're leaving. And I was like, don't talk to me because we had a hospital appointment and yeah, yeah until i'm on the plane because also at that stage they said that i could go but they were like if we do do triage and all that and realize that something's wrong because you, you were doing a biopsy go. that day oh so okay. and mum was like nick we're gonna go be positive and i was like don't 
fucking talk to me about being positive. But most like, of the biopsies actually had been quite good. They were. Yeah. But it actually was funny because my last biopsy actually wasn't very good. Oh, shit. It was fine. So there's like different levels. So like um, zero is preferable. That means zero rejection and you're good to go. Um, then it's like 1A, 1R. Don't quote me because I feel like I'm rusty with my biopsies. But, but I think that day we had a 1A. I had a 1. So up until this point, I had zeros. Like yeah. every single biopsy yeah. was zero rejection. And I felt invincible. I was like, I, I know this biopsy is going to be fine. But still, like you just never know. And I remember they, I did my biopsy the day before. And they called me in the morning. And she was like, I've got some good news and some bad news. And I was like, mum was like, what's wrong? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Let me just talk to the doctor because I'm pissed now. And she was like, good news is... No, she was like, bad news is you have a little bit of rejection. She was like, but like it's very, very mild. We don't need to do anything. And I was like, what's the good news then? And she was like, you can go home. I was like, are you sure? And literally I was in a mood after yeah. that. And because then that day we had like bloods and like x-rays and all of that talking to the doctors. And so I was like, mum... They're not going to let me leave because I had a bit of rejection. And at that time, I didn't realise that that, like, 1A really wasn't a big it's deal not at even all. A, it's not even oh. a rejection. But I'd never had it before. Yeah. And so I was like, they're not going to let me. And mum was like, you're being very negative. Just relax. They will. And I remember while I was at the hospital, you went and bought, like, a suitcase. I had to go and buy a suitcase and pack your bag. And so I was alone as well. And so I was like, they're going to say to me that I can't go. Mum's not even going to be here. And But anyway, I was just being such a moody little bitch. Um, but they were like, just just go. I think by the end of it, they were like, get the hell out of here. I think once I they saw you, because I, I went and got the suitcase, came home, packed it, and then went back to the hospital. And you yeah. were still waiting in the waiting area. Yeah. So I saw the doctor with you, and they go... You can go. Just and I seriously said, thank get the hell God out of for that because if you told her no, she would have killed you. Yeah, I actually. Really and lost we that. actually left that day. We yeah. We weren't supposed to leave until late afternoon, and we caught the taxi and went straight yeah. away. We got enough <laughs> is enough now. We're mm. out of here. We went and said goodbye to the social worker. Yeah, we said our goodbyes. And then I just said, like, I let's don't want to be go. in this house for one more second. Yeah, like, let's just let's go, go to the airport. So we went to the airport. And I remember even on the plane, we were on the tarmac, and mm. you were like, Nick, this is it, we're going. And I was like, no, nah, not until I land in Adelaide, yeah. we're going to be happy. <laughs> so she was in such a mood all the way flying from Sydney to Adelaide as well, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to close my eyes and go to sleep. I don't yeah. need to see or listen to Nicole now. Yeah. But I remember we landed. And, and that like, was hard, because for me, yeah, I was we say. landed, so Con came to the airport and Matt came to the airport. No, I remember... Like, Jane oh, Joanna. Were there. Oh, Joanna. Everybody was at the airport. And I remember, oh, we went to my mum's house and we, we had yeah. dinner. And then we were leaving. And Nicole goes, All right, mum, see ya. I go, Where are you going? She goes, Home. I said, Well, you're not coming to my house? She goes, No, I'm going home to Matt. And I felt, yeah. hang on a minute, she's going home and I'm going home. We're going to be separated now. I remember after thinking three like... months not being. Yeah, been with her for three months and now all of a sudden she's going home and I'm going home it was so hard even that night I was like where's my mum <laughs> yeah it was so weird yeah. and I went home it was just me and Matt and I was like this is weird like this it was hard weird. for me to it took me a long time to yeah and it was hard because I would hear an ambulance or um, my phone would ring and I had to stop saying what's wrong 
Yeah. You still do that. Yeah, well, no, I'm better now. <gasps> but if I see Nicole, especially if I see Matt's number come up, I go, what's wrong? Yeah. I never, ever say, hello, what's <laughs> wrong? Yeah. yeah, no. Hello, it's always, it's what's, always wrong? what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? And and it was hard. And then I had to learn to say, hello. She's fine. <laughs> i got to, yeah. you know, I've got to calm down and say, hi, mm. how are you? Hi. What do you want? <laughs> That's more like it. That's yeah. what you say to me now. What do you want? <laughs> but yeah, no. It so took that, a long it time. It took a long time to... for us to both adjust. So I didn't go back to work straight away. I think mm. I took another two weeks off and um, made sure Nicole had settled in mm-hmm. at home and she could shower herself. And because again, she couldn't dry her own hair. Yeah. And things like that. So again, I would go over every day and mm-hmm. shower her and make sure she had food and things like that. And then. Gradually, we sort of um, let parted. Yeah, we did. Oh. <laughs> and watching you guys together, I'm just like, oh, that's so heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> we still live two minutes away from each other. I know. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was, no one understood the bond, I think, mm-hmm. that we developed through yeah. that three months because they never, no one else experienced no. it like us. But I think two. even now, like, if I don't see you for like two days, yeah. Matt's like, just go to your mum's. I'm like, all right, see ya. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I, also, because I needed you before my transplant yeah, too. Yeah, I think just... we're talking ten years worth of yeah. Um, yeah, ten years of me just focusing a lot on Nicole. I like. I never really wanted to go anywhere. I never really did anything because I, my mind was always on Nicole. Mm. So that was hard. But hey, look at the outcome. Yeah, complete different now. Very different. But I actually, I just realized we haven't actually talked about rejection yet Mm. in relation to transplants because that's something that I didn't learn about until you got sick. Yeah. Because there are, you know, a a couple of movies maybe that have like transplants in them. And the idea is that once the surgery is a success, it's done. Yeah. Hooray, the surgery is a success. You're all good now. But that's actually not the reality. Rejection is the actual, is the actual proof of whether it was a success or not yeah so rejection is the scariest i think we met one thing ever that had rejection at the hospital so yeah i mean rejection is essentially your body just realizing very early on that the organ is foreign and your body does everything to attack that organ so that's why we take immunosuppressants to suppress you know, our immune system so that our immune system does not attack the new organ. So depending on, so straight after transplant, you have a biopsy every week. So it's very easy to see very early on if you're rejecting. Um, Like I said earlier, there's different levels of rejection as well. So like zero is zero, obviously. Then there's like 1A and 1R, then 2A and 2R, and I think it goes up to 3, and 3 is obviously the most severe. Um, one Level 1 is usually nothing... It's nothing to be worried. Not nothing serious. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a slight adjustment to your medication, but nothing crazy. Um, number 2 is usually um, hospital, IV medication, usually prednisolone, Um very heavy steroids and a very heavy dose of medication to kind of you know put it at bay um i'm very lucky so far to have not experienced anything above a one now 
obviously it can happen at any time but in saying that it's if it's going to happen it's most likely going to happen in the first year okay so i feel like i'm very lucky and if i haven't had it this far touch wood hopefully i can avoid it but like i said it can happen at any time it's always in the back of my mind and i think what's very scary about rejection is the symptoms of having rejection are just like everyday things so my doctor was like a side effect to rejection is cold and flu symptoms so like the first year i would sneeze was bad (laughs) i would sneeze and be like oh my god i'm rejecting and Within the first year, you do have a lot of biopsies, so I felt relatively safe. Yeah. But I remember even a couple of years ago, there was a lot going on in my life. Like, we just lost my grandma. A friend of mine had just passed away. I just started uni. Like, a lot of, like, changes in my life had happened. And I was very stressed. And I'm the kind of person that if I'm stressed, I usually get, like, a cold. I, I feel it physically. Mm-hmm. And I remember I said to mum, I'm rejecting. I'm 100% sure. Um, Yeah, I'm rejecting. I'm going to die soon. Like, let's just be at peace with that. And that's it. And she was like, all right, if you're that adamant, (laughs) go to the bloody doctor, make an appointment and get a biopsy. And so I went to the doctor. He was very, very... um, he was very so, persistent in saying that I wasn't rejecting. Because we did bloods. Well, you can't tell But also we did do bloods blood. and everything was fine. You that can't was tell not, you have rejection. No, but blood. you can tell if your heart and everything is fine through your bloods. I did a... We did the echo. I did an echo, which seemed normal. Which was normal. Which was, Yeah, which was normal. <laughs> but... So again, now she's still fighting with a cardiologist. But I'm, but also I'm feeling sick. And when mm. you say the symptoms are like cold and flu symptoms, and this was like pre-COVID, yeah, cold and flu symptoms. Um, you know, your heart is racing. This and that. I was having all of those symptoms, and like I hadn't had them since my transplant. And so I was like, please listen to me. I'm having these symptoms, and he was like, Nah. Do you know what the like the odds of you having rejection are now i was like i don't care you're telling me that i have these symptoms so just please biopsy me and also you can only do so many biopsies because they're actually taking little bits of her heart so she's done so many that so you eventually just take scar tissue which isn't actually and that's why he didn't actually really want to do this biopsy and i could see his point of view but then i could see her point of view so they're both arguing in this room now and i'm just sitting there and i just said to him just do it just do it because this is what i'm going to be listening to i'm also very stubborn (laughs) and like i need in my defense this is my life and like i need even like with my defibrillator and Mm. stuff i wanted to go to the doctor to make i want someone to say that i'm okay i want a medical professional to tell me that i'm okay and then sometimes my sister my symptoms just fizzle away yeah but that's the only way. I can't yeah. do that myself. I need someone to tell me that I'm okay. And especially with so much bad stuff happening within that month or whatever, I could not get it out of my head. And yeah. also I felt physically unwell. Yeah. So he gave it to me very reluctantly. I was so bruised the next day. I feel like he really <laughs> like took it out of my neck. That's okay. Um and it was zero rejection. <laughs> and he was like, is there anything you want to say? I was like, no. <laughs> nah, there isn't anything I want to say, mate. Like, so we need to say, though, Nicole and her cardiologist 
have a very unusual relationship. It's very love hate. Yeah. I feel like so to me it's just hate because obviously when you have a bad time, you like call me and then so my thing is just like I like throw something and I'm like, yeah. what's yeah. going on? But obviously, but you he's know, a like, very laid back um, cardiologist that thinks that Nicole is his friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your friend. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm sort of stuck in the middle and I just, when I go with her, I just sit back and I just go, just listen to her and do what she's asking because you're not going to win. Oh, I mean, if what I'm asking is reasonable, well, exactly you know, right. like, and I'm not like unreasonable ever, I don't think, but like when it comes to this and like I said, rejection is such a huge thing. This is literally life or death. Yeah. So like. And you need to catch it quick to treat it. Otherwise, it just goes on and you might eventually need a new transplant. And, like, yeah. my mind always just thinks the worst because, honestly, the worst always just happens to me. So, yeah. like, I can't help it. I just want someone to tell me that I'm going to be okay. So, like, I haven't... That hasn't happened since. I'm pretty sure that was my last biopsy, mm-hmm. actually. A couple of... A year ago or a mm. couple of years ago. A year and a half. Um... So, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit more laid back now. Three and a bit years post, I've started doing things that, like, you know. No, you're doing really well. The only thing is, you know, there's t- t- um, some kind of food that you're not supposed to be eating. Yes, I eat salami now sometimes. That Nicole will sometimes have. I literally had salami this morning. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I always cook it if that makes it any better. So that was another thing getting used to was, you know, some meals that you weren't allowed to have that were probably your favourite things, like you a, just have to a runny ascend- egg. Yeah. It's like being a pregnant woman when you yeah. can't have certain cheeses and certain seafood and eggs runny and things like that that you have to adjust. So that took a little bit of time. But yeah. It, so, that, you know, we're more easy going now i think i think we were definitely all worried but also they they drill it into your head that the they first do. like two years is so important important yeah. for infection and like you know the food you eat and the things that you do and so the first two years i was also lucky though that not i don't know if lucky is the right word but like covid came when i was still kind of recovering mm. essentially so, so we it did give stay. me a chance to just stay home chill relax i didn't get the chance to like do anything crazy because i because covid was a thing so but yeah i feel like now i'm i'm obviously i do cheat a little bit and have salami here and there i also had a sunday today (laughs) oh my god i cheated twice today but that is not a common occurrence look you just gotta take things in moderation yeah and i think and also like now i can read my body and i know yeah. like if i'm feeling good i'm not sick my immune system isn't lower than it you know it yeah. is usually then yeah i'll have a little cheat day yeah but also like throughout this process something i've heard you say quite often is like i know my body so yeah like, that's like so i mean if your body yeah like i mean i guess you know like you're, it doesn't it's never sound like you're someone that takes chances nicole's like, not stupid nicole's yeah. always because I would always say to Nicole, if you're not feeling well, you need to say it. Yeah. If you're dizzy, you need to do something about it. If And she would always say to me, I'm not stupid. I know what my body's telling me. Yeah, cool. And that's where I would always feel safe as well. Like I'd always know that she's not a stupid child to take risk. So she wouldn't do something. Not when it comes to my health. No. Never. So, like, but see, other people do. Like that young boy that we met at the hospital. Who was just... 
transplant he just took all these risks and he kept getting rejections and he yeah. just didn't care and yeah. things like that as i knew nicole was the complete opposite like nicole would if she's not feeling well she's not going to push herself Good, yeah. and if she's definitely not feeling well she would be concerned she would ask me mom you need to call the doctor or you need to do this what's going on and we'll talk about it and discuss it and work around it that's awesome though i feel like and i don't know if it's just an australian thing or if it's like a western society thing but we do come from a society where you kind of wear like powering through discomfort mm, as yeah. like a badge of honor yeah, so i yeah. think it takes a lot of courage to be like no actually i'm not okay you know? well i think also that's like i get a bit of shame from that i'm like oh i made a doctor's appointment they're like again i'm like i've been through enough like even I went to the doctor the other day because I had mouth ulcers. And she was like, are you for real? Like, go to the pharmacy. I was like, I know. But, like, is this a sign of, like, a deficiency or something? Yeah. Like, I know my body and I know when something is off. And I don't risk nothing. I've been through too much. Good, like, yeah. I cannot. So, I do pride myself on that. And, like, my medication, I take it at the exact same time, every day. Alarms on my phone. You know, I'm very, very vigilant about that stuff. But, yeah, look, do I have some salami every now and then? <laughs> yes. Look, you're allowed to do that. I think it's just you got to be careful when it's raw stuff. Yeah. How you eat it. Like buffets, you don't touch it because you don't know how long it's been sitting there. Because yeah. you've got to remember, you know, any little stomach bug can turn into something else for Nicole. Mm. So... You know, little things like that. And she knows. She's not crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we got this. But, yeah, no, it's been a very interesting ride. But, hey, we, we did We got it. there. We yeah. Did. We did. And still going. Like, obviously, oh, we've got so much yeah. to cover over the next few episodes. Like, yeah. Especially, like, having come through COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Very interesting. We learned a lot. Made a lot we of have friends. We have learned a lot. And it's... um thank god that we can actually do these things i think something that we should maybe discuss in a further episode is medication and side effects definitely yeah i feel like that's a long Mm. thing and one that we should do in the next couple of episodes but um yeah the actual operation part of it the actual operation i feel like we covered it we covered it yeah hmm Thanks so much for coming, Maria. This was you really are great. welcome. Thanks, Mum. You brought a lot of memories back <laughs> <laughs> that I thought I was going to forget. PTSD. But um, it was good talking about it. Yeah. No, it was good. It is, actually. And, like, truth be told, I hope that you're back for more episodes, but, you know, yeah, no well, pressure. But, like, hey, it, was, like, it was really lovely If you me. want me back, I will be back. <laughs> Mine's definitely a big vote for yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. It was good. Being the MVP today. of my transplant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you.